Oh, no. He's got the pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 82 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards, who now permanently goes by the full title, Mo Dick. No, it's me, Morgan Richards. This is episode 82, or what I like to think is an escape <laughs> from an analogue future. Sean, I'm well, sorry. Now, explain, explain that pun. Well, explain, thing- what do you mean? What do you mean? I know what you're doing. Every week you take one of the band's bloody song titles and you try to yes. make a pun of it mm-hmm. to make it relevant to our lives. Explain <laughs> what you mean right now. The only thing I can explain is that puns are in my bloodline. Right, people are going to think we set that up now, and I hate that, right? I hate that. No, go back to the first one. Yes. And exp- what was the first one? It's the moment it's gone now, Sean. Let's just... This is- no, I- <laughs> right. Hiya, guys. Right, if you listen to episode 82, which is this one right now, of course you are, otherwise you wouldn't be getting this information, go back and listen to what Morgan said and see if it fits. I don't think it fits. I think he's just squeezed in a song title that's got nothing to do with how he actually feels anyway this week's guests are fantastic i had a great time with them we had the boys from north lane on yes yes australian progressive metalcore all-rounders north lane marcus and josh join us to talk a host of hilarious conversations Yes, we talked about um, the new deluxe album they've got coming out. Uh, We talked Australian things, of course, they're Australian, and I love Australia. And um, for the first time Mm. in Sapnin Podcast history, we have a good chat, and I don't let this put you off, (laughs) because it's a bloody good chat, about cricket. Just when you thought we could have covered every possible topic on Sapnin Podcast... We hit one out of the park, is our cricket reference. Let's not. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we're, creating, we're creating more content than we ever imagined, Sean. Yeah, that's true. By now, people are listening to this going, surely Sean's talked about all the bollocks in the world and it's done my head in. Nope, because here comes some cricket chat. And we're not going to explain anything more to do with that because it's a wild conversation. 
the reason it comes up is bizarre enough as it is. So make sure you stick around for that a little bit later on. But yeah, North Lane, not only one of the most influential figures of their scene at the moment, but funny and charismatic humans that we had a lot of fun chatting to. And as Sean mentioned, of course, over the last year, really, they've been touring nonstop and celebrating the release of their fifth and most personal album to date, Alien. But now on July 31st, they have a deluxe version of the record coming out that features their new single, Enemy of the Night. So Marcus and Josh will be giving us all the latest on that while opening up on the band's journey, being more vulnerable than ever before. The most bizarre Australian-based stories unique future touring ideas and of course cricket bowled over yeah and in the grand scheme of things it's quite a big deal as well because surrounding this release the guys haven't been doing that much press so we appreciate them taking time out to have a chat with us and thank you again to marcus and josh and the wonderful pr princess we haven't given her a nickname we should give her a nickname pr princess fits to the lovely Haley connolly that we love very 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 much she puts the pr in princess can't spell princess without pr there you go Haley. sorry if that was offensive in any way i'm just i'm trying to help i don't i don't think it was offensive (laughs) um yeah thank you very much to them what a what a great chat um and yeah we ran over we ran along with them as well so uh yeah thank you very much to the guys for giving us their time and uh we just had a great time I can't yeah. I can't stress it enough no and just to say as well Josh actually not only is the guitarist for the band but manages a lot of their behind the scene works and gigs and everything like that so it's a really interesting insight into the business aspect of everything going on with the current pandemic of COVID-19 so so excited we've got them on great Australian banter mm-hmm. as well so yeah it's going to be a good one yes very very insightful but if you've enjoyed any of the last 82 episodes, and of course you have, they're all entertaining. <laughs> uh, please think about subscribing, rating and sharing where you can. But also, if you'd like to support us, please think about checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash sapning, where there's a whole host of ways that you can help make the podcast bigger and better and you get a kickback or a return for it. Yes, on our Patreon wall at patreon.com forward slash sapnin. We've been putting up a lot of bonus content as well, exclusive behind the scene insights into the podcast, some videos thrown back over our adventures over the last year or so at festivals, at gigs with your favorite previous guests. And we're talking a lot of bonus topics as well so if you want to hear all that kind of stuff get involved with our loving community and meet your new best friends patreon.com forward slash sapnin and don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at sapnin pod yes that's at s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d that's at s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d and if you thought during that then, I, I stammered a bit because I forgot how to spell it after doing this for 82 bloody weeks in a row, you were absolutely spot on. <laughs> How did I manage to forget? I've been doing it 82 weeks. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-P. That was very fast. I know, it was so fast. It sounded like a blur at the end. Tell you what, guys, go on Instagram stories and you have a go. See how fast you can say at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Is that what we're doing now? We're setting challenges, Instagram challenges. Challenge me. Challenge Sean. Can you say 
at S-A-W-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D faster than I just did. I don't think you can. Should we get on with this? Yes, go on then. This is episode 82 with the wonderful boys from Northling. Sapnin! Sapnin! Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sapnin'! 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 Yes! yes! Full out! Yes! <laughs> awesome! This week's guest on Sapnin' Podcast is Marcus and Josh from the amazing Australian band Northland. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, boys. Thank you very much. You're welcome, mate. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. How's, uh, how's things in Sydney at the moment? Well, we're actually from Melbourne. Oh, really? Yeah. Professional Sorry. journalist, Morgan uh, Richards there. I, I, I was told yeah, Sydney so, by you saying 10 years experience? Oh. <laughs> ah, well, <laughs> 10 minutes. We used, yeah, 10 minutes, I meant, Josh. We used to live in Sydney. Yeah, we're originally Sydney boys, but both Josh and I have uh, made the move to Melbourne like, oh, like two or three years ago now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's some terrible journalism oh, right there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, guys? I'm going to have to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, you don't know how happy this makes me. This is... Li- it's, it's normally That's me. Made this day. It's normally me. It's normally me. Uh, I've just got my publicist on the phone. Hayley, <laughs> yeah. um, Hayley, uh, you, yeah, you said this was like a proper podcast and now you've got this loser who's just, get, who's just guessing towns in Australia. Put you under the bus as well. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, so you got, yeah, so you guys are from Perth, right? Just a guess, like just a random guess. Um, yeah. Don't fuck, I'm not. I'll tell you <laughs> no disrespect to Perth. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, con- congratulations on getting to Melbourne. That's the coolest city yeah. in Australia. 
Um, um, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm glad we could let everyone know that you know you've moved now and that this information is is out there. So nice one, Morg. Well, yeah, public I mean- record now. <laughs> Yeah, Nick Nick still lives in Sydney. Uh, he lives in a pretty cool spot in the Northern Beaches. But, um, yeah, John Marcus and I are down here. And then our bass player, Brandon, who we also call Little Dennis, is based in Toronto. Oh, that's, a, that's quite... Di- yeah, it's pr- pretty bloody difficult, especially <laughs> right now. Because if we go on tour again, like, it's going to be in Australia. So... We're going to have to lock him in a room for two weeks when he comes oh, yeah. into the country. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. he'd, have to, he'd, have to, he'd have to come over for two weeks first and then he could play. Yeah. Oh. The pain of my life. Yeah. <laughs> there, At least the jet lag would be gone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Are there, um, is there only like four bassists in Australia then? Or can you? <laughs> yeah, there is. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Most, most of them are guitarists. And we just get them to cut some strings off. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need those two. You're not going out, I Get them off. Yeah, that's too much for you. Tone it down. Oh. Fuck <laughs> Such a good start. This is my favorite start, I think, to a, a podcast so far. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, but how, yeah, how, on, is, how is quarantine and lockdown and everything uh, treated you so far anyway? Uh, for me, it's been, uh, it was all right at first. It wasn't too different from what I would usually do in my regular day to day. But I think like, yeah, as time goes on, the, the, uh, Mm. motivation for trying to be creative and do productive stuff is kind of fading away. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's all the, the lockdown and the restrictions are slowly loosening, but yeah, at first it was good, but now I'm kind of just very eager to get back to work, get back on the road and see my friends again yeah it's kind of the opposite for me it started off real yeah. scary um and yeah now i actually love it so <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i can do what i need to do anyway it doesn't make a huge difference but like being because i also managed north lane like my workload's kind of gone down but it's also a scary position to be in because like it's very hard to plan for the future at the moment um, just because we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's, it, it does present a lot of challenges because um, we don't know what the virus is going to do. We don't know what the government's going to do. Um, and we don't know what people are going to do. So even when touring starts back up, like we don't know what it's going to be like. Mm. So just taking each day as it comes, trying to stay fit, not drink too much wine and um yeah <laughs> yeah cool yeah, yeah it must be weird to think as well because like technically i mean all four of us should be heading to downloads festival in the uk right now so yeah like, when you well, think of you know you guys had such a busy summer festivals planned this, this must be a weird contrast to think now that you don't know what's happening next it's bloody cold too <laughs> Yeah, I was looking forward to getting over to the European summer, mm. even if it was yeah. raining at download. I, I don't care. It would have been way nicer than it is here. <laughs> <laughs> the keyword European summer, not UK. Yes, that's exactly. Um, it's kind of weird though, because yeah, I guess when all of this was starting to happen, we weren't really sure how long it was going to last. And I guess for a day or two, there was the, the hope that we'd get back to work by the middle of the year. But obviously everything's um gone on a lot yeah. longer and taken a lot longer than we had a, would have hoped but um yeah it's it's a weird time mm. yeah do you know um do you have any idea about 
rescheduled dates or when you're looking at possibly touring again because i know a lot of bands no. over here are looking at possibly <laughs> well they're kind of eyeing up from february onwards i suppose yeah they they do but like they don't know what they're talking about because <laughs> and it's no one knows what's gonna happen so how can you say how can you say with a shred of truth i'm gonna go on tour in february because you don't know yeah you don't know if there's gonna be a second wave you don't know if like the venues are even going to be open then because yeah. that's a whole yeah, other thing. Like we just have no idea. So I'm not trying to make any false assumptions at the moment or, you know, even mislead my bands. Like a lot of booking agents and managers are doing at the moment. They're saying, yeah, it'll be fine. Like how the <laughs> fuck would you know, Bozo? There's no <laughs> way you can tell me that things are going to be back to normal in September or February or June mm. next year. Like it could be sooner. It could be later. No one actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. Our, um, you know, a lot of the dates that we've had planned for this summer have been moved back a whole year. So the festivals are, rebooking bands for 2021 i hope it goes ahead at this rate it should but um yeah the truth is no one fucking knows what they're talking about we are planning around from the same time period but it, it's just like the, the industry is funny because you get a lot of pressure for that stuff from the people who have interests in it so the venues are trying to get bands back in or like bands booked in so they can get deposits, same with promoters. And then you have like booking agents that are trying to set up their commission for that year that are booking bands in. And the people that get screwed are the ones that actually have to spend money planning to go on tour, i.e. the bands themselves. Because, you know, if we agree to go do something, like I was having a chat with my agent about a US tour that was for the start of next year we were meant to be doing. And he, you know, I asked him what the deal was with it and he's like, what do you mean? What's the deal with it? It's going ahead. And I'm like, it's in February in the US, January in the US. Like you're on the brink of civil war at the moment and you're telling me it's okay to sink like this amount of money into starting a tour? No. So we'll just see, but Northland will be on the side of caution. We're going to focus on, you know, developing some new material, um, we have some cool ideas for some maybe different types of releases we might look at doing next year. Um, and that's going to be our focal point because it's the only thing we can rely on. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of refreshing to, to hear kind of your take on it, I suppose, because a lot of bands are just... I, I'm with you. I'm kind of like, caution, chill out, let's see how it goes. Let's not put all our eggs in one basket and then have it fucked up or whatever whereas a lot of other bands are just like yeah oh yeah we're gonna play the first as soon as we fucking can as soon as i can get out there i'm gonna be fucking playing ah whereas to me well, we want to yeah no no yeah 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 we're all keen it just seems <laughs> so it's almost as if bands are like so like i'm eager to play shows again like uh, i'd start another band i'm eager to play shows again but i'm not eager to just run into that space and like be like oh right now what happens or no either nobody's going to turn up everybody's going to turn up people are going to get sick from it people and yeah I, you don't know what's going to happen so um yeah we've had well, that's it like if they, they open it up too soon 
one of the things that I haven't told Marcus about today, this is just a tangent uh, I need to talk to him about, <laughs> is we got offered to play a show in Melbourne, um, but uh, and I'm not making fun of the guy that's organizing it because he's actually my business partner in the management company and he's an absolute legend and it's I'm, I'm, I'm actually really impressed that he is trying to make this happen because it's going to put a lot of people back into work. So that's fantastic. But they're looking at hiring out the site where they do download Australia and then putting on shows there with like three or four bands. But I was like, oh, how many people are going to be there? And he's like 500 cars. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So they're going to start booking bands to play outdoors. Drive-in cinema. Drive-in cinema style. Wow, that's crazy. And, you know, I saw a video of an Australian singer. I think it was Casey Donovan. Do you remember who it was, Marcus? Yeah, that did that already? I think I saw that too, yeah. And like all a, these... Yeah, and she's like, now honk your horns. <laughs> and like, <laughs> honking the horns of their fucking cars. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, if anyone fucking did that to me while I was on a stage, I would throw my guitar through their front window like, fuck <laughs> off. What are you doing? <laughs> Imagine 500 horns going while you're trying to play. Fucking, especially, <laughs> like, Marcus and I both like cycling. You know, when we get fucking honked at, like, that's, that shit, that, that burns. Like, that's traumatic. It's terrifying. <laughs> You'd be hearing horns through, like, stage mics and oh, just copying I, them into your ear. On a flashback, I'm fucking, oh, jeez. Can I even say fuck on this? I hope yeah. not. Cause yeah, you can, yeah. If I, um, if I can't, then you're going to have a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, imagine the breakdowns are. Like, imagine the horns hit perfectly. Do it. Jum, 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 jum. You know that's lofty. People can't even clap in time. That's another thing. A lot of people, yeah. A lot of people don't realize is when you're on stage and you're like, yeah, let's get a clap going. And you look out and you just like, oh no. Oh no. They take it. They're going too fast. Oh, they're off. The crowds just cannot stay in time. Um, Be a good circle pit. Be a good circle pit though with the cars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh you should you should you should get um you should rent out like a destruction derby place right you guys oh play, you guys play get loads of people to buy like old shitty banger cars and just fucking go mad <laughs> <laughs> what we'll have to beef up the public liability insurance oh that's true yeah but oh, if yeah. You- oh. Oh. But if that does go ahead... Uh, not, business ruins everything. Yeah, I am going to need some sort of percentage <laughs> if, if you do do that. Um, yeah, uh, oh, I'll give you 20 points on a ticket. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. I forgot. I didn't really have a point. I just wanted to talk. No, it's not. Um, that's what this is. I mean, you can yeah. just do whatever you want to an extent, basically, and then... Yeah. Uh, is it, this is my weekly have a rant and talk to bands about shit that we're fed up with it's good uh, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but what um is there any other creative aspects that you guys have been thinking about I know Marcus you've just done a uh, a live acoustic kind of session and stuff um on the Northling socials as well yeah I, I guess I don't know in the in the time we have at home I guess we're all trying to think of creative ways to 
keep people entertained, but also keep ourselves entertained and keep ourselves being creative. Um, yeah, like Josh said, we've got a bunch of plans to do some different kinds of releases down the road. Um, yeah, can't really say too much mm. on that, but I guess I'd really be keen to do more of those kind of live stream things. I was talking to Josh about different ways we could do that too, um, different, like I know, yeah. doing, I had, an, they had that idea of doing other people's covers or something and singing over them or something, but like there's always something to do and I really enjoyed kind of interacting with, um, you know, fans who were bored at home as well. So um, I, I guess always trying to find new ways of uh, keeping myself busy and doing that kind of nice. thing. There was a lot of people asking for an acoustic album after mm. that as well. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, like, like that's something we're looking at doing. Um, yeah. It's all later. like pe- people have been kind of asking for that kind of thing for a while, but I guess after doing the live stream and yeah, seeing how, I guess it was more than just people hearing acoustic versions, people really connected with the stripped back kind of uh, vibe of it all. And yeah, it's, um, something I'm really keen to explore in the future, but yeah, just trying to continue finding things like that to do in the t- time being. It came, came at a really cool time as well. Cause like, you know, things are pretty um, hectic at the moment and it was just really, it made me really emotional watching Marcus from, from my, um, my house just down the road. <laughs> <laughs> just because it, it was just so nice to like have someone bring people together like that again and you know sing these songs and and it almost like a lot of the material from the third and fourth records of ours note and mesmer is kind of written to be vague in a way that you can kind of apply your own meaning to it and those songs sounded really timely mm. you know recently and just kind of made me reflect on on that material because we don't we don't talk about it heaps, but you know it was a really tough time to be in our band then, and I kind of associate those albums with the way I was feeling then, which is absolutely terrified. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Node especially was the the first step in the new direction for us, and yeah, I'm sure for all of us in the band it does kind of have a, a cloud over it for that reason. Um, and I guess some of the time we don't realize how much some of those songs have connected with some, some of the fans out there. And like Josh mm. said, it is, it has been really timely to play songs like that, play songs like node, which are kind of reflecting on, you know, making a change on in the world. Um, like you said, it is vague, but if you kind of take those lyrics and um, apply them, what's going on right now, it, it can be quite powerful. Mm. Yeah, I think that's one of the probably the most beautiful things about music is that like it, you know you can write a song from years ago and, and take it as a different meaning and it has like a different relevance to to people. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And obviously, speaking about reflecting on music as well, it's almost been a year now since the release of your fifth record, Alien. You're going to be putting out a deluxe version next month and put out a new track, Enemy of the Night, as well. Yeah, that was. Um Exciting to get that out finally. Um, yeah, that was like the last song we kind of finalized in the studio. And um, uh, it was kind of the, one of the songs that flowed the easiest kind of, it came really quickly with just a few minor changes along the way. And yeah, to finally get that out really means a lot to me because that song is very personal in the same kind of vein that um, songs like Free Fall were on Alien. 
so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to finally get that song out and for people to see, I guess, another chapter to the story that was Alien. Yeah, I have seen a lot of people, yeah, they assume it's just a B-side, like it was a song that got left off because it wasn't good enough, but yeah. that was all very intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had a deliberate way of picking it too because we kind of, uh, when we're in, I don't know if it was towards the end of the studio or maybe a little bit after, but we kind of picked what we thought the singles were going to be. Um, and in hindsight, I think we got it slightly wrong, but we did pretty well this time because 4D became like a fan favorite song. So that probably should have been a single, but, you know, we had our reasons and reasoning for picking the songs we picked. So I don't regret that. Um, but we always said like th- what we think is like probably the third best song on the album was going to be the one that we held back intentionally. And the thing that made enemy of the night so obvious was we knew that like once people had had the time to digest the album and fully understand and, and fully get what it's all about and, you know, what the real meaning behind it is that they would probably have a deeper appreciation of that song. And it would kind of tell another part of the story that was held out. So it wasn't going to be something that fell by the wayside because it was something that we'd already talked about. It was like a new chapter in it. I'm really glad we did it to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It was a cool way of, um, yeah, it was a cool way of releasing and, um, yeah, I've listened to it a couple of times, and uh, yeah, that Enemy of the Night is uh, is awesome, powerful, very powerful. Yeah, it's it's a scary one for sure. The songs like that are the songs that I love, kind of writing those songs that are so you can read it and see and see the story kind of playing out in your head. Those are the mm. songs that I really appreciate. Um, and yeah, it's been really cool to see that people have kind of taken that understanding of the rest of the album. And brought it to this song and have been able to, yeah, kind of put the pieces together of what that story might be telling. Um, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. I, but that being said, people aren't quite sure exactly what it all means, but yeah, it's cool for them to still <laughs> figure it out. Were you, um, were you personally like nervous for, or um, not worried, but scared maybe of, of not it coming out, but of, of just putting it out, just let, you know, because... It's um, like, it's, it's so personal. Yeah. I think, you know, with everything that came out of alien, um, it was all, it was all really scary. And I guess for different reasons, I guess for, you know, my family seeing these stories, um, like my grandparents and stuff, you might not know the, the finer details or my sister who had been through similar things, but, you know, might not kind of, uh, unpack them in that same way. That's, that's more the stuff that kind of worries me a little bit when I put it out. But I, I also know that the good is going to outweigh the, the negative and that, you know, there might be a bit of uncomfortable conversation with my family about what these songs might be about or, you know, I might have to yeah, have a chat to my sister about it. But in the end, I know a lot of people are connecting with these songs and, yeah, seeing parts of their own life story and parts of their own history in these songs with an outcome that can be slightly more positive than the rest of the story. So yeah, it's terrifying, but at the same time, I'm yeah, I guess willing and, and wanting to, I guess, share that so people can reflect on their own similar 
issues and, and pasts. Well, I guess yeah, it, yeah. If it you know if it helps one person, that's amazing. So, and I'm sure it's helped hundreds, if not thousands. So, yeah. The other thing is too, like normally for a band, when you release new music, it's scary just because you don't know if people are going to like it or not. But, you know, with this song for the first time ever, I was just so confident that it was going to connect because like I knew Alien had connected and I knew people had been accustomed to the way that album sounded now. It wasn't going to be such a shock to them to hear this song um, and the story to it, you know, had a lot of substance. So I wasn't worried at all and it turned out it was probably received better than anything we'd ever released before. Like I don't know statistically how well it's doing yet. It's too early to see, but the feedback from our fans was like for the first time ever in our entire career, like a hundred percent positive. And, you know, usually when we put out music, because from album to album, we kind of develop a lot. We, we always come across criticism um, because it's divisive for people. And for the first time ever, it didn't really happen. It was yeah, pretty surprising, actually. And I think even still, like Josh said, we were so confident in that song that, yeah, for me, my only fear was what I, what I spoke about before. I kind of knew that this song was in line with everything that we'd done and that people would kind of receive it pretty well. Um, but that being said, yeah, it, the response to the lyrics and the response to it all overall, it was way more positive than anything we've ever done, which is good. Yeah, great. Yeah, very, very encouraging moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great to hear. Yeah. And, and musically as well, I think when Northling started, a lot of publications and, and fans kind of grouped you in that kind of metalcore kind of subgenre. But over the last couple of years, you've really grown to like more alternative, more experimental, and just different influences throughout. Is that something that you've, the band has always tried to do, or was it like kind of just happened naturally? I mean, yeah. Well, I guess, like, from my perspective, at least, um, you know, coming into the band with Node and, and I guess seeing John's uh, process of writing, he doesn't really think of it in a way of being heavy or metal. He, he, he always kind of drags the influences that, like, inspire him into our sound and then kind of blend that with what North Lane's already created. And I think that's what's kind of given North Lane the sound that we have and the sound that kind of does divide people is that it's not, it's rarely directly influenced from metal or heavy music. It's often being inspired by electronic music. And ever since I've joined, I feel like it's been that, but different styles of electronic music and different styles of, you know, electronic elements as well in the music. That's always been present as long as I've been in the band. Um, the more atmospheric um, layerings of you know, the synths and stuff. Um, I think just as time goes on, we're more willing to just delve deeper into that. And I think with Alien, we, yeah, definitely in the deep end with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say as, with all of the writing, I guess, but in terms of lyrics and stuff, it's always just a, a reflection of, you know, the things that we're thinking about with, with Alien. It was, you know, me unpacking my past and, and prior to that, it was, you know, things that we, had seen in the world or things that we wanted to talk about that, you know, we're passionate about. Um, it's as simple as that really, I guess. Yeah. The other thing John does is like every time he has an album to write, he has to have one, at least one sort of piece of 
like element of difference that becomes his primary inspiration for the album. So like um, a good example, probably, yeah, a really good example was when we went from Discoveries to Singularity. So when we did that album, we started using a very different tuning to the tunings we used before. It was like an open tuning that was a lot lower and it just made him write music in a completely different way. Oh. And then going from Singularity to Node, it was both having Marcus in the band and being taking like a heavy influence from prog because at the time we just toured with Carnival and they like completely changed our paradigm of what being a good band was. Um, and we took heaps of influence from that. And then when we did Mesma, um, it, it was like his style of writing had changed. So he um, it was like the way he was writing the songs he was doing differently. I can't remember what that was, but that album's process was different as well because we worked with David Bender, who was like a really mm. full-on producer. Yeah. And then when we did Alien, there was a lot of changes, like more than any other album. So for the most part, the songs were written like techno songs completely electronically and then had it a band added into them and then that totally changed what we had to do with the vocals and the lyrics because the vibe was so dark and just the sounds were so different so we had to just approach it totally differently and then when you know whenever we do our next north lane album like it'll there'll be other things as well that come into play to kind of inspire a a, a shift forward we don't try to look at it as like a change in direction but just like a there has to be like a point of difference about the album that doesn't make it singularity 2.0 or node 2.0 or alien 2.0 it has to be its own thing yeah how did it go from um how did it feel going from like working with like david bendeth to because you self-produced alien mostly right yeah yeah how was that going from oh, um i guess what did you learn from david bendeth that you took to alien then i think we learned quite a lot from david well, I, I personally did in terms of my uh lyric writing I, I feel like he for me was able to yeah just help me open up and feel a lot more com comfortable and confident in what i was writing yeah when when we did those mesmer sessions with bendeth uh, we spent a lot of time together, like way too long, just trying to write lyrics. And I guess him trying to understand or help me understand what I'm trying to write. Um, and I feel like we all kind of picked up different things similar to that, that they, he, he kind of made us really focus in on certain aspects of what we're doing. Um, but I think we, yeah, definitely left those sessions having learned a lot about ourselves individually and also how to interact with each other. There was, he kind of broke down our walls as a band in terms of how we, how he had it structured almost, I guess. Like he really just picked out who the, the roles in the band were and how that kind of affected everyone. And I think that kind of opened us all up to being, yeah, just a lot more open and, and friendly with each other and open to ideas and, um, 
He does like psychology experiments on bands. It's kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found with um, yeah, I found with some of the producers I worked with, they do things like that. Like, there's loads of like little psychological things where rather than just go, Sean, that vocal take was absolutely terrible. You have to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, like th- our producer would be like, "Oh, let's do one more take," and I'm like, "No, I know that was <laughs> terrible. Let's do- we're going to end up doing another ten. So l- just admit it now." But yeah, the kind of stuff Bandit was doing was he- he'd be like, throw an object on the ground and go, "You have thirty seconds to pick that up. More than one person has to do it, but you're not allowed to touch it with your your body." Or something like that. <laughs> and then, then he, he he would also like do the opposite to what you're talking about and make you feel worse about yourself. Oh, I need him. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, all right, like, okay, it seems like you can't sing it. Let's just change the melody. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, wow. This is the good melody. Yeah, but that's how he'd do it. Yeah, he'd yeah, make yeah. you want to prove yourself. That's, yeah. Uh, he made Nick clever. play one of our songs to like, the type of click we had been using and then pulled him into the control room and changed it because he has his he has a very particular click track that he likes to use. And he put Nick's drums against that and just goes, Oh, you think you can keep time? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> and just destroyed Nick's confidence. And Nick is a very good drummer, so to do that is takes a lot. <laughs> Yeah. But he definitely, yeah, he definitely pushed us. Yeah, sounds it. But I, I don't think a lot of, of music fans realize like things like this can happen in the studio. I think, you know, people just imagine you go in, lay down the tracks, you know, it comes out and stuff like that. They don't actually understand that there could be a lot of psychological work uh, behind the scenes as well. Yeah. And in the past, I'm sure we've all had those experiences going yeah. into a studio, just going in, recording, feeling super comfortable about it all, and maybe it turns out great, but... Maybe you could have been getting slain better if you were getting mm. just a little bit of a kick up the bum. <laughs> um, and I think, I think it, yeah, I think that also it took us into Alien being a lot more uh, critical of what we're doing and also just focusing on parts and not thinking anything was too good before it might not have been, I guess. But, but also it forced us to have like way more vision about what we were trying to achieve. And to me, that's the biggest point of difference. It's like by the time we went into the studio, like we learned two things Well, from my perspective that was like you couldn't rush good music. So we waited a lot longer to record Alien than the previous albums and took more time off to do it because we wanted to just get it right Um, because we weren't going to rely on anyone else to help us piece it together. And that was really important to us, like the independence because no one can – write your song for you and yeah just having the vision of exactly what it was going to be like was super important as well and he kind of taught us how to do that and i don't even know how (laughs) (laughs) nice amazing yeah um so one thing i did want to bring up um so regular listeners of the podcast will know that sean and i love two things especially one being anything australian and two random the most randomest things possible and nothing is more random or australian than the time you had shane ward australian cricket legend pretend to be fat boy slim 
to help promote a cover you did. Now, Morning. that that that's a whole weird <laughs> sentence. So can you just right? Wait, wait here, wait here. I I never heard that. What? What? Ah? Huh? What happened? It is actually insane. Yeah, if you could explain what happened and why it happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got we got asked to do a Fatboy Slim remix on like a Fatboy Slim versus Australia compilation. So I guess just a bunch of Australian artists um, doing that. Um, we were the only like metal bands, or like, I think everyone else was electronic artists. Um, and we were the only like kind of yeah heavyish band doing that. Um, uh, there was like an indie band, wasn't there? There might have been. I'm not sure yeah. who else did it actually, but there was, um, yeah, a lot of promotion around it. Um, and somehow, <laughs> I guess Warney's a big Fat Boy Slim fan, um, and he managed to hit up Shane Warren to promote the album, talk about talk about each song a little bit, and yeah, our, our drummer Nick is an absolute cricket fiend, and he <laughs> lost the plot when he saw that. He was. He couldn't believe that warning said Northland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wild. I sent it to my grandpa as well because he loves Shane Warne. Shane Warne's like his favorite sports person of all time. And he thought it was so great. Like he was really confused, but he thought it was so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, so was I. So was I until you just told that story. That's amazing. Like, yeah, who would I have to have for my mother or my parents to be impressed? Tom Jones. I'd have to have Welsh singer Tom Jones or someone like that for my parents to be like, oh, you've made it. You finally made it. Ah, <laughs> oh, Shane Warne. Is this, um, I'm guessing this is post hair transplant, Shane Warne. This, uh, of course. Oh, yeah. Cool head of hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't matter, mate. He still pulled the goals even when he didn't have it. Oh, that's yeah, true. Big yeah, big time. Yeah, he knows how to swing them balls. <laughs> this is our first ever cricket. This yeah. is our first ever cricket is, chat on the podcast. Let's um, <laughs> we should start. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, from next week on, we're going to be a cricket only podcast from now on. Yeah, oh, just hit up Nick. He would talk talk for an hour, yeah, for hours, multiple hours about cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you should do an Ashes Nobody podcast had- with him whenever that happens again. Yeah, nobody, uh, yeah, nobody expects this from bands. Nobody's expecting cricket chat. If you were told me beforehand, oh, at some point you're going to end up talking about cricket, I'd be like, no, we're not going to. I know that. That's a fact. And we, here we are. So, yeah. Sorry, well, we take a cricket, cricket set all over the world. Oh, really? Um, we always yeah. end up with one in, in the US and playing in venues Good and Americans story. are so confused. Yeah. I, They'll yeah, always... I'd imagine. <laughs> They always hold it like a baseball bat. Oh, some of them are really good though. Like once they figure out because they played baseball, absolutely, they can like they can bat really well. Who's been Northlane's greatest cricket opponents? Oh, good one, Morg. The real audit <laughs> in questions, Morg. I like it. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard stories of the the rivalry back in the day, Joshy. Of uh, was it you and Savior Northlane Savior? Oh, yeah, so he doesn't – there's this Aussie band called Saviour and they used to have this guy in it called Lindsay who was a ripper cricket player. He's so good. Actually from Perth, Um, but nonetheless very good at cricket. (laughs) Nonetheless. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't think we'd be talking about other bands' cricket potential today. Oh, that's fucking was, brilliant. Wait, Marcus, do you remember who from... There was, <sighs> there was a couple of good ones on that last US tour we did. But also, I remember one of the guys from August Burns Red being really good at it. Yeah. It was there was another show... I think it was a show we played. We played with Word Alive once upon a time, and Luke Holland played with us when he was still in the band, and he was, he was really good. good. He was, yeah, he was really yeah, he was, good. But he's good at everything, I guess. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'd imagine all these American bands are better at batting than they are bowling, though, because bowling's probably the most difficult bit, I suppose. Yeah, for them. they're all chuckers. Yeah, they all end up just <laughs> bang straight out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nasty. Oh, I think you need to make this part of like. The deals when the when bands are touring with you that you know they have to practice their cricket skills beforehand. <laughs> I'd be into it. I'd be down. Yeah, we'll only take you on tour if you bring your own pads. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring your own wiki gloves and stumps, otherwise Pizza we're not having it. Team. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> that's what we need to do. We need to sort out Sapnin Cricket Festival now. <laughs> Big time. North Lane, I mean, North Lane will be headliners, obviously. Do it next download. We'll just get them to set a paddock aside for all the the Commonwealth bands to play cricket in. That'd be something. That'd da- be something, definitely. Dung ball. Dung. Yeah. We need to do download ashes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Hopefully Parkway are on it because they're good at like every sport. But it'll get rained out anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think who'd be the who'd be a good cricket band. Um, Parkway, good at everything. Yeah, yeah would the, if you could do surfing and cricket at the same time, I would think they'd win that definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, no competition there. Yeah, I don't know who from the Brits because, like, I know architects are just all into football. Mm. Mm. Maybe they can play. We don't know. Um, I wonder. I've, I've got a feeling that Enter Shikari would be good at cricket, and I don't know why. It sounds yeah. like it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen any of these. I've never seen any of these bands play before, so I can't. I don't want to blow any smoke up their asses. <laughs> I can't wait to speak to Ailey after this, and she's going to be like, "Oh, what do you talk about?" And I'm like, "Cricket." And she's going to be like, "You reckon loads? You reckon oh, loads would be good at it?" Oh, maybe. Mm. I, think no, I don't big, know. I don't know. I big don't know. baritone I don't boys. think so. Yeah, yeah I don't true. think so with lot. This, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can Faisal. Good. Do you know? I found out. I found out one of the guys that tried out um, for Northland when we got Marcus mm. was actually from that band. Really? Oh, really? You wow. bloody hope he brushed up on his cricket skills if he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, that was part Imagine of the conditions that. of me joining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We saw how much of a good all-rounder Marcus was and we were like, we've got to have him. Yeah. <laughs> Be an asset to the team next time we have to play against Saviour. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing auditions and you were like, right, stand here at the microphone and he's just standing at the microphone and you're like, right, catch! And then just throw a ball at him. and you're, oh. Literally though, literally we were doing rehearsals before I joined the band and then like for an hour and then we'd go outside and play cricket for two hours. Yeah. And that was the that was the real first, test. Ra- first one. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Try and take it. Somebody come yeah. in and be better than me. I dare you. <laughs> um yeah, do you know 
who from Loth um, tried out? One of the singers. I, I'm not sure which one. I can't remember, man. I watched like... I feel like it would be like over a thousand of how, how do I, say, I actually don't know how to say it. Kadeem? Kadeem. Kadeem? Yeah. I feel like it would be him just because he's got the, the all-rounders. He's got the yeah. he can scream mm. and sing. So that makes sense. Yeah. What a yeah. ripper band, though. Um, I, I thrashed their new album. I thought it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. Really um, believe it. Yeah, we've had them on previous episodes. And um, yeah, they're, they're absolutely lovely boys as well. So They're sick because there's not like... There's not many bands in this genre of music that really surprise me in a good way anymore because there's a lot of bands that, like, they find as they're coming up, like, these things that they can do to incite, like, a reaction from people or from a crowd and it becomes what you call, like, generic, I guess, because they know that it's going to work. And, and I found that album to be really innovative. So, yeah, props to Loathe. Big time. If you have them back on, ask them if they, if they can play cricket. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, then... But not yeah, too well. Yeah, we, we'll get on sorting the tour out then. That's what we're going to do with every band from now on. We're going to go, hey, guys, first question, any good at cricket? And if they say yes, go, oh, you should tour with North Lynn. And then yeah, we'll you carry can on book our next tour, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just in just cricket grounds. Just in cricket grounds. Oh, that's oh, not yeah. so that's good. Not a bad idea. And then, and then you can fit a lot of cars in there. If that's the way it's going to go as well. So I mean, <laughs> oh. full circle, baby. <laughs> yeah, like urban. Yeah, it'd be like urban cricket. We could make a cricket ground out the cars. I'm going too far on this. Morgan, ask bad <laughs> anyway, questions. Um, ask bad questions. But going back, um, bringing up the kind of time Marcus joined the band. Obviously, you know, you've been here for in the band now for over five and a half years. But at that time, you would Northland were taking a lot of video auditions um, for vocalists. Can you both kind of talk about that whole process and and both your experiences from that? Um, yeah, it was. You, you go for it, Joshy. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll I'll tell you for, I'll tell you from my perspective. We got a lot of auditions that were good, but not a lot that were great. And we had like a first round um, where they had to cover a song, and they could pick like one or two songs, I think. And that went on for a couple of weeks. And it was actually getting to the point where I was starting to get very worried. Like we had a short list of guys, but I like. None of them were perfect, I think. Like, in hindsight, they definitely weren't because we didn't want to, like, do what we'd already done because we knew that, like, you know, Adrian had a certain way of writing and a certain way of delivering vocals that he was very good at. And if we got anyone that was like him, it just wouldn't be a step forward. It would be a step sideways, you know. And, and we wanted to do more with our music than we could at the time. So, you know, for us, we wanted someone that could, you know, had a pretty impressive ability, but also all the other stuff we're looking at. And Marcus was like the last guy that we got in that we put onto a shortlist. And as soon as we saw him, we are like, yeah, he's, he seems like he's the guy. So then after that, we, we had a short list of like uh, about 10 people from all around the world and we made them write a vocal to um, a song that we'd only released instrumentally and he 
wrote one called Grateful and it, it absolutely just knocked our socks off. We couldn't believe how good it was. Um, so straight away we were like, yep, yeah, that's the guy. Like, <laughs> we already thought it, but now we know it. Um, P.S. P- he lives just down the road <laughs> and he's a great Yorker. So, um, <laughs> he's got a hell of a catch. Yeah, I'm Don't. sure his perspective is a lot more terrifying though. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah, it was um, – well, yeah, I kind of – I think I I woke up the day that you had announced it all um, to a message from my – like a, a friend of mine, a mutual friend um, to both of us being like, hey, I'm not sure if you'd seen the news on North Lane's page, but I think this is an opportunity that would be wild for you. And I'd always been a, a fan of North Lane um, – but I'd always played in bands of a very different style. I grew up in, yeah, more pop rock and emo type bands um, with, yeah, minor screaming experience. So in my mind, I'm like, there's no way I'm joining North Lane, <laughs> no matter what I do. Um, but I, I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a go. Well, why not? Um, and yeah, I, I guess I gave a go of Dream Awake and sent that through and, yeah, I guess Scott shortlisted the guys who were into it, but I guess wanted to also see, yeah, a bit more of what I could do. Um, and yeah, did Grateful. They enjoyed that. But then after that, that's when it all started getting way super scary because that was maybe a month or two out from a like a 25-date uh, European oh, yeah, tour shit. with Parkway Sorry Drive. That, <laughs> 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 I'd, never, I'd never left the country before. Oh, yeah. dude, we had to that get was. Your passport. Yeah. We had to get you a rush passport. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd never left the country before. The, the furthest I'd been in a plane was like to Perth. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is pretty far. Um, like, that's six hours in a plane. It, yeah, it's five, six hours, but not as long as a 24 hours. It's like you guys find a Moscow or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much once they were. They told me they were wanting me to join the band. Josh and I went to John's house at the time. He lived on the Blue Mountains. um, And we tried to write a song, which would later turn into Ohm, but nothing that we did on that day (laughs) worked. And it was just a total figuring out of how we're going to work together as people as well, as as opposed to just, you know, you might like me and you might like how I sound, but are we going to be able to write together? So that was terrifying in its own because I'd never met John before. And now I'm going into his little studio room trying to write to his songs. Anxiety cave. We call his, you call his writing situation the anxiety cave. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just, I guess, went from there. And when we started writing Rot, recorded that. Um, that was also a whole big stressful process. Put that out. People were like, oh. Yeah, this is New North Lane, I guess. And then I go to Europe for a month and play 25 shows in a row for the first time ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And literally in a row, there was no days off. No days off. And then I think we had like, then we had the first ever Unify Festival in Australia. So my first time playing in Australia was in front of like, what, 3,000 people. Um, False. That's that's not true. We did the show at Crowbar in Sydney. Was that before Europe? E- was that before Europe? I feel like it was. It was either before Europe. Maybe it was my first year that was then. But yeah, like first, I mean, it, it was a tiny venue we did for fun. 
first real one was Unify. Dude, this whole, I just realized this whole thing is like, it's just nonstop until we record Node because we did Unify and then went straight into a US tour with August Burns Red for two months and then straight into mm. the studio for Node. So yeah, that's right. that was my first like year in North Lane. Amazing. <laughs> we didn't very stop stressful. writing Node on the road. Like we just weren't ready for it. That's yeah. one of the reasons why just even thinking about that album stresses me out because I just remember how desperate we felt at the time because we were just so underprepared and not ready. And like, it's kind of a shame thinking back because I think like, and you know, especially John would agree and Marcus too, like a lot of these songs maybe didn't quite realize their full potential because we just didn't have enough time to work on them and learn to work together as well. But being thrown in the deep end like that, you know, was probably for the best in the long run because we learned from it. Um, but yeah, rough time for the, for the new boy. From <laughs> <laughs> in the deep end. Yeah. I think I've definitely, even though it sucked at the time, I'm grateful for it now. Cause I think it definitely just put me like, it kind of set me up for what I am doing now. And I understand what that life is like, I guess. So even though it was stressful as hell for the, that year, it's like, okay, now I understand how this lifestyle is. Um, yeah. With your um, with your audition tape, uh, what song did you cover? With the audition tape, uh, it was Dream Awake. Everyone had the choice of uh, yeah, either doing Dream Awake or Quantum. I think I did do a version of Quantum, but it, it wasn't very good. So I think yeah, tried to do a a bit more of a different spin with Dream Awake, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and then of course now, obviously, as I mentioned, you got the deluxe version of Alien coming out on the thirty first of July. But what is there anything else now in the pipeline we can expect from from Northling? Anything else coming up? Any little ideas or plans? Yeah, we um, when we did our last Australian tour, we did the Sydney show at a pretty iconic venue, uh, which is the Roundhouse in Sydney. And the first Parkway Drive DVD was filmed there. And we filmed the whole show professionally. We've got it videoed, mixed, ready to go. And it looks and sounds incredible. Like some of the songs on, on that, like especially from Node and Mesmer, sound better than the recordings of them. So we're going to release that at some point this year. Uh, we're also going to re- put that up on Spotify too for people to listen to and all, all the other digital service providers like Apple Music as well, Pandora. And, yeah, if you're a Trapped fan, Tidal. Oh, wait, no. They're fans. <laughs> no, Pandora. Pandora, right? No, yeah. Pandora, yeah. Pandora. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Millions uh, of streams. Yeah, and I think you'll find we'll all be on Pandora because we're all massive Trapped fans. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves Trapped. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, man. Um, I, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write it down. Pandora. <laughs> Pandora. I would love to know how Pandora feels about all of that. Like trapped, <laughs> dragging their good name across the concrete. But the funny thing is, right? It's kind of like at the moment now with um, the Black Lives Matter movement. This week, they've pulled down like statues in Bristol. They pulled down a statue of like a former slave trade. Um, I just wonder if it's kind of. I don't know where I was going with that. It's kind of like that. 
like like RP like I didn't I didn't really know about Pandora until I saw Trapped bragging about how many streams they had on it. So I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even know Pandora was a thing. Yeah, so I wonder if 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 more people have been aware of Pandora because of Trapped, or if people have left Pandora because of Trapped. I'd mm. like to see. We need the stats oh. on that. I, I never thought about it. Yeah. Sorry, I've completely derailed everything here, boys. I'm so sorry about that. So we're um, going to do that. Um, like yeah. Marcus said, we're thinking about doing an acoustic album, but I've cool. no idea when that's going to come out or like could be an EP, could be longer, like we just don't know. Mm. It's just an idea at this point. Um, we'd probably love to do some remixes as well, maybe of our own songs, maybe get some other people involved. It's another discussion that's happening right now. In terms of this year, that'll probably be it. We're not going to be touring until next year. Um, so we'll just keep working away. But I think I do think that live show, live at the Roundhouse, video and um, audio will come out probably in the next next few months. So just it, it just depends on, you know, what I have to do with our plans and and when it makes sense to put it out. And at the moment, we just don't know yet. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for everyone to do that. Yeah, I was watching a little bit of the other day, and it's definitely got me G'd to play a show again. <laughs> and I'm sure it will get lots of kids excited as well. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, putting that out now probably is, you know, or, you know, in the next couple of months is probably a good idea just to get people excited yeah. shows again and possibly... Remember this? Remember when we were all allowed to do this? Yeah. You can actually see some of it right now. Um, so we did a documentary called Negative Energy um, that came out a couple of months ago. Oh, I don't even know how long ago. Like everything's a time warp since <laughs> yeah. COVID. Like I just have no idea. Like I have these two kittens and I feel like I got them yesterday, but they've like quadrupled in size. So... <laughs> everything's a bit weird but yeah we we did negative energy and like i i recommend like if you're a northland fan go and watch it if you haven't seen it because there's some stuff in there that you you wouldn't have heard about before that kind of explains a lot of things that we get asked about and tells a lot of things that we've never really talked about before that are pretty pretty significant like and and pretty emotional but anyway at the end of that um there is some of one of the songs from that roundhouse show so if you want to get a taste of what it's like you can go and watch that and it's at the end awesome yeah thanks so much guys for taking time and having the chat really yeah, enjoyed it very much um good cricket Absolutely. chat as well so <laughs> <laughs> i think Anytime. we should start a cricket podcast all of us <laughs> let's do it let's do it oh, but nick nick is nick the host call. Yeah, Nick can be the host of it. We'll be the the, the panel. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, um, hopefully this all passes very soon, and um, hopefully when you're over here in the UK, we could Ooh, do one of yes, these in the flesh great. and uh, absolutely bowl a few with each other. <laughs> yeah, um, sounds good to me. <laughs> well, we'll do- I got a hell of a. We'll spin. play a game and we'll just mic each other up during it, and then just have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. That'd Wide. be great. Awesome. Oh, I, I'm up for it. But yeah, yeah, thanks so much, guys. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah, cheers, thanks. boys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Uh, awesome. See you, guys. Thanks for that. You're
Yes! Bloody hell, that was loud in my ears then. Jesus Christ. Um, sorry for blaspheming then for any Christians. Um, but yes, what a fantastic chat with the boys. Um, we'd never met before, so I was a bit um, apprehensive in the beginning because... You know, if you've listened to any of these other episodes, you know I'm a massive knob all the time, and I so um, I was expecting people to be standoffish with me. But no, it didn't take us long, and we had a fantastic, fantastic chat with the boys, Marcus and Josh. And yeah, we I can't believe all the topics we covered and how insightful it was into seeing how what they think the future's going to be like for touring and when it's all going to happen and yeah it was really really interesting so thanks again to the boys for coming on thank you very much to Ailey Connolly the PR princess yeah we had a great time yeah we did yeah thanks again um yeah as you said it's really collective chat about everything going on and it's just really interesting to see that like gigs might become in your car out of field and stuff like that I mean that's that's insane what's your what's your thoughts on that I don't it's a gimmick it's a gimmick for now hmm. like if that's the only way yeah maybe but I can't you know that's not the future of gigs <laughs> we're not gonna all gonna go to like it's like when you go to a gig and it's like a different band on every floor we'll have to suck it in multi car uh, <gasps> multi story car parks just to have gigs in I think you've just created the future of festivals because like instead of different stages you have different floors <laughs> right edit that out then and we'll send that straight to Slam Dunk 2003 <laughs> as soon as we finish recording. Um, yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea of a burnout uh, circle pit, destruction derby moshing. I like that. It would that be, would be good. It would be something incredible. Um, also, I just want to say uh, my apologies to any Australians I did um, offend during the start of our conversation with North Lane um, because I got confused about my geography. It's not my fault. I literally thought they were still in Sydney. But as we learned, they are no longer. So if anything... Terrible, terrible, terrible journalism. If anything, I am the gatekeeper of knowledge that you now know where North Lane live. So what you're saying is, because you are so dedicated to this podcast, right, yeah. and our listeners, yes, you purposefully say things wrong, <laughs> so our listeners know what's right. Exactly, Sean. That's exact. I knew. I knew. It, do you know what? It all makes sense now. This whole podcast, <laughs> all the other eighty two, all the other eighty one episodes, now make yeah. sense. You say things wrong, so the listener can cor- correct you in their mind, or you can be corrected on the podcast, so we all know exactly. You are <laughs> podcast Jesus, and not just because of the way I look. No, not just because you're handsome, Middle Eastern, short, and you wear a lot of sandals but also because you will take being wrong for for us to progress. So technically, dying for our sins. <laughs> well, it's a unique teaching method, Sean, but I like to think it works and I'm educating the minds of our audience. You are giving information to the future of Earth. <laughs> what a hero you are, Morgan. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you. And a special thank you again to Marcus and Josh for coming on. Thank you very much to Hayley. And please remember that Northlings deluxe version of 
Alien will be released now on July 31st. It features the new single, Enemy of the Night, which is a banger. And it also comes with instrumental versions of the whole album. So I don't know. If you fancy karaoke, way perfect, perfect or, version. Yeah, if you like the album, but you think, I, I'd like a go of that. It's absolutely perfect for you. You could even send back. You could record your own versions. You could just record different vocal lines over the top. You could make your own songs to these songs. I might do that and send it back to him and go, oh, kick him out then. You don't need him. Get me in. I need wow. to move across. I'm only joking. Thanks for coming on, boys. I'm only joking. <laughs> Thank you very Love much. Thank you very, very much. And of course, please remember to go and give us a follow and tell us if you enjoyed this episode or not, you did. I hope you did anyway, because it was a good laugh. At Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. At S A W P E N I N P O D. At S A W P I did it again. At S A W P E N I N P O D. Um if you didn't enjoy it, please, please don't let us know. Um I can I can't take it. I can't take it. So um, if you've enjoyed it, please let us know because I love that. I survive and thrive off that. So uh, yeah, please do. If you've got any feedback, um, positive only about me, negative about Morgan or positive about Morgan is fine. Um, Or you've got any guest suggestions or questions, anything you'd like to know about um, our Lord and Saviour Morgan Richards or um, myself, lowly Sean Smith, anything we used to do, bands we've been in, jobs Morgan's had, people he's met, let us know at Sappening Pod. Sorry to go on. Sorry. (laughs) And if you've enjoyed this episode so much that you're like, I want to give back to those lovely Sappening chaps, why not check out patreon.com forward slash Sappening and become involved with that lovely community. Yes, please do that. Um because we have created something I never thought we would, which is absolutely beautiful and literally brings a smile to my face every day, every time I look at my phone. So thank you very much to all those guys who are already Patreons. If you're considering becoming a Patreon in the future, thank you very much. If you're not, that's fine. But mm, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Come and join the community and make sure to go and check out the description of this episode because there's loads of names from the Patreon that we need to thank. But of course, Sean is going to give a mahusive, gigantic, and hilarious shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. They're the top tiers and they've changed their names to some weird stuff. I don't know what it is. Let's find out. Thank you very much to Mayumi Liwawe, Sean Sibdivna Smith, that was formerly Kylie Wheeler, Mitch Perry, Sean Suarez Sharos. Right, I see what they're doing. I think it's because I pronounced Nula's name wrong because her parents spelt it wrong by spelling it Nuala. So what they're doing now is they're putting Irish names in for me to guess. Guess what, Irish people? You spell your names wrong. Sean, Shwara, I don't know how to say that. Sean, Sean Smith, that's me. Emma Barber, Janelle Lindsay Moan Caston, Amadina Bano, Drew Leah Caesar Styles. Nice. Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Sigmog Freud Young, Sean Loweth, no, Lowworth, Sean Lowworth Smith, Mo Dick's eyebrows, know what you did in the dark, Michael Engler, Liam Connolly, Kelly Irwin, 
Paul Two Welsh podcast as One Cup Urshfield. Have you ever seen the video Two Girls One Cup Mog? I know about it, but thank God I haven't. Yes, I haven't. I All haven't. Right, and, no. Wait till we get back together. That's the first <laughs> one. Tom Owens, the People's Modic Eyebrow, Kate Puttack, Sean Targ Smith. I don't know these Irish names. Simon Amos, Sean Keeve Smith. I'm guessing that is Sean. Log Log Hair Smith, no, that's wrong. Sean Sia Smith. It's just my name with stupid mit- Irish names. Uh, again, sorry to any Irish people. Kate Stevenson, Lucy Diaz, Martina McManus, John and Emma, Erin Howard, Sean Gwarwen Smythe, Kelly Tyra, Paul Urshfield's Middle Testicle, Louis Cook, Marcy Jacobson, Mike Cunningham, Sarah Stewart, Jamie O'Jamie, Sandra Kuchak. No, I've oh no, she's changed in. I forgot how she used to pronounce it. Kucha check. I've done it again. Health alert. Modi's warm tea bag and remedy will not cure your eye and could cause an STI. James McNaught, Livy Cropper, Sean, Eve, Evine Smith, Kelly Cannon, Amy Thomas, Tallulah Grant, Samuel Griffith, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Jenny Robinson, Tony Michael, Sean, Fionnula Smith, Jordan Burchard, and Becky Andy. Thank God that's over. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But these absolute mentalists on our Patreon have changed their names, changed their names to my name with a middle name that I cannot pronounce because it's got too many letters in it. They're creative. That's all we can say. They're very creative. They're dedicated to the course, and we love them very, very much. So thank you to everyone as part of that Patreon. You're the best. I'm sure that's what a nice parent says about, like, a murderous child. Like, oh, he's creative. No, he's not mental. He's just handy with knives. It's art. <laughs> he's he uses the yeah. blood as art. <laughs> yeah. I know he's drawn you 20 foot underground with the devil spiking you, but no, he doesn't mean it. Anyway, thanks to all those people who are already patrons. We do appreciate you. We love you. Even though you put me through this hell every week. Let's do a funny one next week where I make fun of Morgan, is it? Yeah, good. I agree. Anyway, Morg. <laughs> um, I'd just like to clarify, though. Um, putting tea bags on your eye does, does not cause an STD or STI. It was STI, you said. I don't know. Does, was it STD? Dep- Have I just brought up STDs for no reason whatsoever? No, no, STI and STD is the same thing, Mog. Uh, sexual, sexually transmitted infection, one's sexually transmitted diseases. Same, same, same stuff. Um, the more you know. Yeah, well, there you go. You've got it wrong, so I would get it right. So they'd look again. <laughs> podcast, podcast, Jesus. Podcast, Je- that's it. We are going to do a t-shirt, right? You know, one of those Jesus is my own boy t-shirts. Remember yeah. them? Yes. And then the used, the used did one. That was Bert was my own boy, yes. right? We're going to have one with you a face. This is blaspheming, isn't it? Over our Lord, our previous Lord and Saviour's face, Jesus, Jesus Christi, and we're going to have you a face. That's it. That's our new merch idea. Brilliant. Brilliant podcast, Jesus! I love it. I love it. What a gimmick! Like he gets it wrong, so you can learn. What a great episode! Thank you very much again to Northland. Thank you very much to the PR Princess Ailey Connolly. Thank you very much to our Lord and Saviour Morgan Richards. You're welcome. Is there anybody you'd like to thank, Mog? I'd like to thank um, myself yeah. for being a wisdom of knowledge. Of and we should have guessed. Yeah, and the you, Sean, for being. Oh, for being a great friend and oh, great. 
and and podcast good. buddy yes yeah good because i'd already mentioned you but then you've gone and mentioned yourself again first which is weird like you've got a massive ego anyway <laughs> thank you very much this has been episode 82 see you next week with a bit of luck thank you for all your support at sapping pod on everything tidy lovely stuff please never die sapping sapping you're listening to sapling podcast with sean smith and morgan richards thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or i don't i don't know what else you do with podcasts um thank you very much